What's going on guys, in Chase Trophy Kids, we got an awesome show for you. We're talking about Cam Newton going to New England, Dak signing a tender offer, we're reviewing Lance Part 1, and I think I've solved how football can happen this year. So let's go. And welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is July 2nd, and we are back with some big news in the NFL. How are we doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Doing good. That big news I am referring to is, I'm wearing the t-shirt in support, Cam Newton to the New England Patriots one-year deal. Also, a little tip, the reason I actually have this shirt, which you can't see if you're on radio, easiest Halloween costume in the world. Every year, if you're a guy like me, who like waits until the very last minute, you're like, oh shit, it's Halloween weekend. I literally picked this bad boy up at like Target for, I don't know, like five bucks. I just put a white like dress shirt over it, unbuttoned a little bit. I'm Clark Kent, motherfuckers. You're Clark it's the Kent. easiest one. Yeah. That's very easy. Very smart, very cheap, oh, very uh, costly, efficient. Man, it's, it's, best. it's been my costume for the last three years. Um, but Cam Newton to the New England Patriots, arguably outside of Tom Brady, probably the biggest free agency signing this year, maybe? I don't know. It's the, probably the biggest name, huh. for sure, outside of Tom Brady. And, yeah. often, and it might even be the most consequential for the rest of the league. Sort of crazy went this long. How are we feeling about this signing? I think we, I mean, shit, we definitely at least have brought it up that it wouldn't be the worst destination out there. Um, I like it. Um, I, I think the Patriots, as always, they're very smart. They could kind of, they kind of read the room and realized no one was going to sign Cam. So why rush? Let's just wait and wait and wait and wait until we can sign him for practically nothing. Um, <laughs> so I like the move. Um, I think it's going to be a little different um i mean belichick and mcdaniels have to change up the offense of course which they do anyways depending on who's on their team but i mean cam isn't accurate like tom he's very different player than tom um but he doesn't even have doesn't really even have the weapons that tom kind of had over his 20-year career anyway so but i like it i i i I didn't want even though i'm not a patriots fan and i generally root against the Patriots. I didn't really want to see them go three and 13. I kind of want to still see them be competitive. I want to see Belichick have a fair go without Tom. And I think that this will make it a little bit more fair to see who really does do better Tom or Bill. I didn't on that point. I'm with you. Like the Patriots are my second team as kind of like, we all have them, but my family's all from new England. I didn't grow up a Patriots fan, but they're like the second team I usually root for. So I didn't want them to do terrible, but the one thing I definitely didn't want um, is, and it's Bill Belichick. So it's hard to imagine this happening, but with Jared Stidham and Brian Horner, the only two quarterbacks on that roster, I did not want them getting Trevor Lawrence in the draft because they ended up shitting the bed next year. And then just having a dynasty for the end of time. Like I like (laughs) a little churn and burn, a little competition in the league, even though there's always been competition, but it is, I mean, with them at the top of the food chain for so long, it's time to get some kind of fresh legs in there. Um, Cam, the Cam signing, you're right. I mean, they read the room perfectly. They're paying really cheap for him. I mean, he's a, he's a former league MVP. He brought the Carolina Panthers to the Super Bowl with a not very good wide receiving core. Like when you go down and look at that wide receiver core, there is nothing impressive about it. So like he's shown that he can play with less than impressive rosters um, at a high level. The durability is a question, which is kind of nice to the Patriots. They get a one-year deal. It's cheap. It maxes out at 1.5 million, which I know Richard Sherman took a big offense to. Um, but that's just what the market dictated at this point. Um, and the Patriots are an organization that aren't going to pay top dollar if they don't have to. Um, but they get the guy that 
honestly allows them, if they thought Jared Stidham was going to be eventually the guy, which I don't know if that's really going to be the case in the future, this gives him another year to sit, learn behind another very good quarterback um, in Cam Newton. And honestly, it, it probably, I mean, I got to imagine Bill's loving this because it gives him, not only was he going to have the challenge of can he coach without Tom Brady? Cause there's that argument, you know, which one is more important to the other. I've always kind of said they're almost equal in a sense um, yeah. to that success, but this gives him the challenge of can he completely reinvent what he does from a football standpoint and Josh McDaniels as well, as you said, to a completely different quarterback, which is an interesting challenge. And one that I think Bill Belichick needs to stay in the league at this point. Like, I don't think he's going anywhere necessarily anytime soon, but I think it, it helps kind of recharge the batteries and get you going again. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like I said, I don't think he's going anywhere soon. However, I wouldn't have been shocked if the Patriots kind of like sucked this year and he was just like, you know, like I'm old, like, what am I doing? Yeah. Um, but that, and it also like, it takes what it, I was initially predicting to probably be the most boring division in football in the AFC East. And it makes it a little bit more exciting. Um, Cause it was like, who's going to win? Like, this is the, probably the bills, but now it's like, okay, well maybe not the bills. Um, yeah. So it just makes it a little bit more competitive and what I was predicting to be a very boring division. And I still think it's going to be kind of a boring division, but it just makes it a little bit more exciting. I agree. And I think most people reading the room, social media, everything, I'm pretty sure everybody's been pretty excited, but did you see the clip of those two idiots from uh, 98, the sports hub Fagler and uh, I don't even know if I'm saying the name right in Matt's I've never heard of these two idiots, but they were, they were trending today around uh, Twitter for their comments around cam. Did you, did you by chance see that? I saw them. I mean, such foolish comments because uh, he because he dabs on the field. Well, he also gives the ball to a kid every touchdown he scores. Like, come on, <laughs> dude. Cam Newton. It got to the point. So, for those of you who haven't seen the clip, maybe I'll interject a part of it. It's a two minute clip, though, so maybe I'll do like forty seconds here or whatever. But these two guys were basically going off on Cam, and it's a rhetoric that we've seen around Cam from time to time. Um, yeah. And they were like, you know, we don't want to see him dabbing. I don't want to see him doing the Superman. Like the Patriots don't celebrate. It's a, I don't like one guy at one point he was like, it's going to piss me off if he does the Superman. It's like, I'm sorry. Have you been asleep the entire Patriots like dynasty here? Do you remember Gronk? He's got some pretty nice celebrations. Aaron Hernandez had about the longest TD celebrations I've ever seen. If you remember back to then, like these guys celebrate. And not only that, Bill Belichick himself has, he wants his players to celebrate, not overly celebrate, but he, there's video of him. I think it was in um, a football life on him where he's talking to a room of players. And he's like, you should be excited when you, you complete a play because all the work that goes into that, like there should be a celebration. So like these two bozos are an idiot, but it also goes to this thing where like Cam Newton, I've always been in awe of Cam Newton's talent. Cause what he can do on the football field, like when he was in awe, he might've been one of the, the debate for greatest college players is, is a is a tough one, but like that year at Auburn, he was unstoppable. Oh, yeah. And then when he got to oh, the NFL, yeah. outside of injuries, he's pretty he's suffered with some accuracy issues, but when he's healthy, he's been almost unstoppable. Um, again, he's a freak and he's an awesome dude. Like he there hasn't been a giant controversy around him. Yeah, you might not like his style or like he's a little kind of out there, but that's not hurting anybody. So it's, and it's, it's more fun to make fun of like, Oh, that's an absurd outfit than it really is to be like personally attacking the guy. Like they kind of did. It's just absurd. The narrative around Cam Newton. Yeah, it is absurd. And like you said, all the things he does off the field, like he, he does all this, you know, children hospital type things left and right. And for whatever reason, it's a problem when he does the Superman or he dabs, but it's okay when Gronk, like, you know, crushes 13 beers, like five minutes. 
Um, and <laughs> he then air also, humps the football. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. right. Exactly. <laughs> Which I love Gronk. I'm not saying he shouldn't do yeah, that, but like it's fine. just I don't it's care. an absurd double standard. Yeah. It is. And then, you know, they, they, you know, they talk about his post-game pressers where he can be kind of pouty and, you know, kind of negative. Well, Bill Belichick one time answered 15 straight questions by saying, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> He's going to fit right in. He is the Patriot culture. Like, he works really hard. He doesn't yeah. get in really off the field trouble or anything with that. Like, he has no issues really there that I'm aware of really ever no. outside of, like, no. the money issue down in Auburn. But that wasn't even yes. really a scandal. Um like, I don't consider that a negative on his character. No, he has awesome he was character. 21. Yeah. Like, get the <laughs> fuck out of here. Um, the other thing, too, you mentioned about the children's thing. The most impressive thing about Cam is, like, all those generally get leaked by, like, the parent or a friend. Like, he's never calling up the media. I mean, he does right. do, like, big events where the media is obviously invited, yeah. like, for foundation stuff. But he's all the time doing stuff within the community and not trying to get any attention for it just because he's a good dude who also happens to be – an insanely electric football player when healthy. It is nuts. <laughs> right. Yeah, completely. Yeah. It's a great, great signing. Awesome signing. We both said that it would make a lot of sense if they went out and got him. I'm going to be super interested, not only if Bill Belichick and McDaniels can, can really get the most out of Cam, but how Cam does with a team that is structured the way. Because the Panthers are they're a good organization, but they're not a great organization. And can right. he really raise the bar on his his talent output that he's given us for his career yeah under another signing Dak Prescott Dak Prescott has he hasn't signed a long-term deal but I thought it was worth kind of talking about because this is going to be the ultimate like put your mouth where your money is kind of statement that he's making he's signing the one-year tender deal 31.4 million dollars exclusive franchise tender they have another 13 days to work out a deal long-term deal if not they'll have to wait until next offseason Honestly, I, I think this is a win-win for both parties because this is a put your nuts on the table and show up. Like if Dak plays elite this season or close to elite, then he's going to get the money he wants, I think. And if he doesn't, then the Cowboys have every right to be like, hey, this is what we're going to pay you. If you don't want it, we'll go get somebody else because you're not producing at the level you should be at this point in your career. Like this is, this is that perfect example. It does suck, though, if he gets hurt because that, that's the big risk for Dak. Yeah, that's a big risk. Um, he's kind of going the Kirk Cousins route. He's betting on himself. Um, with the talent he has down in Dallas, I think it's a pretty good idea. Um, yeah. If you're going to bet on yourself, you may as well do it when you got, you know, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb's coming in. You got Ezekiel, Ezekiel Elliott. Great offensive line. Just you're loaded on offense in general. So, you know, I hate the Cowboys, but I don't like injuries. So hopefully he plays fine and he gets a big deal and hopefully it's a really big deal because he's really not that good and Dallas gets fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Letting the true Redskins fan come out here. <laughs> fair. <Yeah>. Very fair. <laughs> but yeah, he's probably making the right call as of, for right now. I would agree. Cause all, all the signs, if, if you're Dak, if I'm Dak, I want to bet on myself. And two, I know that I have the, arguably one of the best supporting casts in the NFL to then do that. Like you just mentioned, like there is no better situation probably for a young quarterback to say, you know what? Like I'm going to play for that big contract this year. I'm going to bet it all, go all in to have the supporting cast to do it. And they just got him another wide receiver weapon. The offensive line is still good. It's not as great as it once was, but it's still good. Right. You have Zeke who, by the way, did you see that video of him pulling out? I think it was the bonger crappy pong. Yes. Yes. I did. So perfect. Or when he was on, is that when he said how like he was so, like super faded on Steam or whatever? And he was like, when he was 
streaming was, his video game. Yeah, I don't know what uh, service he was using, but he was streaming a video game, and then he like he forgot that he was still streaming and recording, and he went to go grab it. <laughs> and you could yeah. see, and like, oh, so, funny. so I forget somebody. I think it was Shannon Sharp. They asked him like, "Is this a problem?" for and i'm paraphrasing this but he was like they were like is this a problem for the cowboys should they be concerned and he laughed and he's like hell i'm faded right now <laughs> and so it is, <laughs> um it is yeah like that's not a problem obviously yeah. <laughs> um it's always dumb that we still get mad about that um but yeah it's an awesome bet on yourself move and i think it's probably going to pay off in Dak's favor like I think nice. the cowboys i think he's gonna play good enough where the cowboys are in that situation where they kind of are now but even a little bit higher of a level where it's like, we really can't hit reverse on this. Like we're all in Dak's got to be our guy because our talent window is going to start to close sooner with, you can't waste more time trying to develop a guy with Zeke in his yeah. prime in the wide receiving core you have in your prime. So it's just, it's a perfect situation. As long as it doesn't get hurt. It is. I mean, and like you kind of just mentioned, he doesn't even have to kill it. He just has to play pretty good. Yeah. Just like pretty good. And they're not going to risk just, saying, ah, take a hike, and, you know, we're going to start all over. If you play pretty good, unless you're stupid like the Redskins, you're just going to – you're going to resign the quarterback. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) So it's a good move. All right, on to the top. Before we do our Lance Part 1 review, I think I have solved the football problem. Because I'm at this point – yes. So we – first off, baseball announced that they finally got their deal done and they're coming back. I did not appreciate – I know it's probably not going to happen. Like – Having sports in this era, unless you can do the kind of bubble like the NBA is doing, is probably not going to happen with Rona in full blown. Um, yeah. But it's still nice just to have the night of like thinking baseball is going to come back. I don't need you Debbie Downers on Twitter telling me like this isn't going to happen the day they announce plans. But I'm getting away from myself. I think I have formulated a way for the NFL to have a somewhat legit shot at doing it. The biggest problem, as we're saying, let me kind of walk you through this. It's a little extensive. Let me know where my holes or blind spots are on this one. But I think I have figured it out. You can't have sports unless you kind of do the bubble thing with the NBA student, where you basically have – you test everybody at point of entry. As long as they pass, they're in, and then they just stay in, and you knock out a bunch of games. And that way, you're really decreasing because there's just not a risk of exposure unless you're letting people in without testing them. The NFL's problem is there's way too many people per organization plus teams right. to do it in one location. So I was up like all night. It was one of those things where like you're tired all day, hit the pillow, and then your mind is just running at a thousand minutes per, or thousand miles per minute. Mm-hmm. Doing bubble hub cities, but this is how you would do it. You start the season you take every divisional team and you put them in one location. So the NFC, NFC South would go, I don't know, somewhere within that region. They would all go and you'd send them like hotels are doing bad right now. So I'm sure you'll be able to lock those down or like condos or things like that. You can, you Mm -hmm. test them at the point of entry and then they stay there and you just knock out your divisional games first. You play everybody twice. So that's six games. You knock that out. You test everybody at point of entry. Even if they want to bring their families, they can bring their families. You just test them at the point of entry and you bubble them. That way, and you do that in everywhere throughout the country. Then you break for a week. So that's everybody's bye week is essentially the same week. Then you go next hub. So kind of like world, think of like world cup. Like you start in the one hubs and then you move, you group them together based on their ranking. So then you take, for example, like, the person who finished at the top of their divisional round 
You take the one seeds, they get to stay at that location, wherever that lo- wherever the locations you've decided are for them. And then you just fill in the bucket. Like the two team from the NFC North plays against or is in the bracket with the one seed from the NFC South. The three seed from the NFC West is in that bracket. And you just kind of do it for all four. Then you play everybody twice again because this is also limiting travel. Yeah, it kind of sucks, but you just play them all twice again. Now we have 12 games. Now you can end the season at 12, but if you want to get more of like 15, you basically just re-rank it again, and then you have everybody play once, and that's a 15-game season. Boom. And you have one-week break periods to give people time to go back to their homes if they didn't want to bring their families or whatever, kind of give them a break from the stress. And that way you can kind of bubble them, but in smaller areas, with limited personnel. And it's really the only way I think we can do it, but that's, that's my thought essentially. I don't know if I did a great job explaining it, but that's you my thought. Did. <laughs> you kind of did. I don't, I don't hate that idea. I, I mean, it's, it's pretty smart actually, Nate. I won't lie. It's not bad. Um, like it's, I, the one, it's the only the one we do break it. is a little concerning. I understand why you would need it, but it's just concerning what can happen during that one week break. It and is then, like practice is kind of concerning, but it's pretty smart, though. It's so not I, bad. I thought of that, and I was like, because that is a bit concerning, because I don't think players would want to sign on to do it all at once with no break, especially if they're away from their families yeah. or whatever. So that's what I'm saying we're doing the one week. I think you give them, like, a true one-week break, and then you have them go to whatever city they're going to report to next, but you don't play games that first week back. So you test every mm-hmm. point of entry, and then you just practice and kind of get back into the swing of things for a week. And then players who have tested positive – they have to sit out for two weeks, but that way they're at least not missing two games. They'll only miss one game if they tested positive over the break. And then you right. can reintroduce them back into the pool. I, it would make the season definitely longer. Yeah. But it gives you less. Cause right now they're planning on doing like, everybody's going to be like, like normal, but instead the way they're going to try to eliminate this is testing them at the point of entry to the facility. And then they're going to, they're considering like flying day of to games and then flying yeah, out that night, work. which Ebron was in Seattle plays in Miami this year. They're gonna fly from <laughs> Seattle, Miami, and then get off the plane and play football. It's not possible. You have to do these. I think you have to do these hub cities. Like I think that's the only way you're gonna be able to do it and just bubble the teams, but give them breaks spread out. And like we've all been to like resorts, or maybe not. We all have. I shouldn't say, but like I've been to a resorts where like they're they're not like your standard hotel room. They're more like condos or whatever. Like I'm yeah. sure you can lock that down for the NFL. Like I'm sure the NFL can lock. If you told, if you called up Marriott right now in like Arizona or wherever, and we're like, Hey, we just need to book the entire place out. I'm sure they'd be like deal because I can't imagine maybe not all the places, but I got to imagine there's some space available for oh, this yeah. to happen. <laughs> I mean, I don't hate the idea. Um, it's different. It's, it's, it's be different. different. And I think it it limits the risk. I mean, I'm still kind of, I don't know. I go back and forth. I just, I don't know how they're going to do it. I really don't. Like, let's say, what if an entire offensive line on a team gets COVID? Yeah. We're going to find a bunch of replacement offensive <laughs> linemen. I mean, the quarterback's going to die. I mean, it, it could happen. I mean, an entire position uh, group could come down with it. Yeah. Like, what if a whole offensive line gets it? That's a, that is a disaster scenario. Well, that's what we're seeing in college right now with all these guys going back and, like, getting in the weight room. Oh, You're in a condensed area. Like, that's why I think the only way – like, the NBA sort of has it right where it's, like, you – you're basically sending everybody down to Orlando and then you can't let anybody in. Once they're in, they stay in and you can't let anybody in. Like that's the only, and even then it might still happen. Like, I don't know. It could potentially still come through, but at least you've really limited the risk. 
you just can't you can't do one city. So I think we're I think the other alternative, if they don't do something like this, then it is I think we all need to be very comfortable with the fact that college sports and pro football are not going to happen. It's imp- like you said, it's impossible because if one offensive lineman spreads it to his entire offensive line, they're screwed. Or the wide receiver group. I mean, like, <laughs> where yeah, are we going like to find all these group. replacements? Yeah. Corners. Uh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I just think the worst though would be offensive line. Offensive line, yeah, I agree. <laughs> I mean, you just don't find those big guys very often. <laughs> fuck, you mentioned it. The coaching staff. One dude in the coaching staff gets it, spreads it to the entire offensive group, like the entire offensive coaching staff. What are you gonna? I know. Zoom in every practice, like in I, I game. Don't How the hell is that I don't know. I, I just really think sport. It's gonna be hard to do this. I I I don't know. I agree, it's, but that's about the only tough. way only way I could think about you would knock it out is kind of doing it. Right. I envision like world cup style where you have the pods and you just kind of, except for people aren't getting eliminated right away, but you're just shuffling them based on ranking and keeping right. and just knocking out your divisional games first. But I don't know. It's about the only way I could think to do it. I for sure think college football is insane for going, thinking they're going to start on time and get this thing done. <laughs> that seems oh, yeah. insane, but they're, they're steamrolling down that track. So that's essentially what I had. Um, for how to get I mean, football. I don't know, like, but this is kind of an interesting quote. It actually came from Ron Harrison, who says a lot of dumb things, but this is kind of smart. Um, he says, in football, you have to breathe on people. You have to tackle people. You spit on people. Guys have cuts. Guys cough. I don't know how we're going to have a season. And when he says it like that, I'm like, yeah, he's probably right. <laughs> it's, it's a very good way to put it. Yeah, I would, I would say so too, especially because it's just like, Football is just such an insane amount of people from organization I mean, to piles players. of nine people all yeah. on top of each other. <laughs> Not, like just in a game. And then when you, when you think about practicing during the week, the amount of people in the facility from like the cooks all the way through to your kicker, oh, yeah. like it's an insane amount of people. I mean, I even think with the NBA, I know they're doing a good job of blocking everything off. So they'll be good. But I mean, we played basketball very amateurly but we played basketball and we know like when you drive to the bucket someone's going to touch your sweaty body you're going to touch someone else's sweaty body i mean that's just what happens breathe right on them. <laughs> you breathe right on them i mean i don't know i'm being a little pessimistic but man i, I have no idea i think it's the only way bubble cities essentially because yeah. the only outside of that the only sports we're going to get are golf and even golf's having a problem with caddies um I know. tennis you had Djokovic though see yeah. yeah, UFC's done a good job. There hasn't been they much have. there, which is impressive. Um, they've done very well. Yeah, they've. I mean, applaud. Dana doesn't. I don't agree with Dana on everything, but like Dana's done a very good job, and the organization as a whole, and the fighters and their camps have done a phenomenal job of being able to continue to push through this. Um, right, which has been good. Alrighty, let's wrap it up with the the final thing of the day. We ended up watching Lance give a little review of part one. I wanted to do this because Lance Armstrong is one of the most fascinating people to me. And I'm not condoning like what he does, what he did outside of, which I think part two is going to get to, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves, but there was a point in the, in the the 30 for 30 where he even mentioned this, where he was like, I think about like, if I were in it now, I'd be who my peers would be. It's like Michael Phelps, LeBron James, these big athletes. And I think why he's so fascinating is I always kind of forget one, I kind of forget he's out there from time to time. But two, it's like, you know how insane it is for Lance Armstrong to make 
cycling a popular sport for a period of time in this country. Like every single person knows Lance. Like I'm not going to say he's the biggest sports athlete ever. Cause that's like Jordan and some other players, but he's, he's gotta be in that conversation. Cause he made a sport that nobody cared about. Like I have not watched a single second of the tour de France since he stopped cycling, but I can guarantee you every year he was competing. I at least saw parts of it for sure. Or was aware that it was going on. <laughs> right. And it would be covered on sports center ESPN, like, all the time so yeah. we would definitely like feel like we knew what was going on and i couldn't name one other cyclist no. <laughs> you paid me a million dollars so yeah Dude, he really like he really did put it on the map i even and i'm th- blanking on it right now i even forget the guy who was the whistleblower in his case like <laughs> like the most famous uh, the person to out him it's floyd something i want to say or like floyd landis landis there we go oh um, yeah I was going to say four, Teamwork Florida there. Lance. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like, it, it is. It's insane how you made it pop. So I was super excited to yeah. go into it right off the bat. It set the tone for how intense he is as a person, but also, like, oh how God. psychotic he could be. Like, I was getting into it. I was like, man, this is going to be very interesting to watch. But they, right off the bat, like, the writers and everybody, like, this guy's out of his mind. <laughs> He's insane. Yeah, I guess I always thought, I mean, we were kind of – not really young, but we were younger back in Lance's heyday. Um, I just thought, you know, he was, which he is, he was just an incredible biker with a really good story, a really good person, yada, yada, yada. Hey, I don't know if he's such a good person. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. <laughs> no. Which I, I, I sort of did a little, um, like, reading up after I watched it because I, I forgot some of the things he did, but I think the second part's going to get into more of, like, his bullying side when – he was trying to control everything and not have this all get out. Um, it starts off with, I, I mean, it, I should have assumed this. I always forget like endurance athletes are super interesting to me, but the amount of endurance he had at 15 to be running try. I didn't know this about him. He was competing in triathlons against pros at like 15 years old. They were faking birth certificates. That was probably the craziest thing I learned in this entire thing. Like I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Yeah, just an animal. He was like, I, I have no hand-eye coordination, but I'm really good at endurance sports. Yeah, <laughs> I can literally crazy. just nonstop go. Yeah, just nonstop. He was like, they were like at the end of races and everyone's dead. And he's like, come on, pussies, let's keep going. Like, <laughs> God, that was fantastic. Like the number one, I, I guess amateur, well, he might have been pro, whatever, at the time. He comes know. and meets him and he calls him a pussy after like they do an intense workout. And he's like, this is my warm-up. That's yeah. nuts. Psychotic. <laughs> Absolutely nutty. I also, I mean, I knew he had cancer. I didn't know how, quite how sick he was. That was the most, that was for sure the most shocking thing. I had that as a note. I always thought it was just, he, they just took his testicle and then he was good. I did not realize how insane like, everything was. Very close to death. <laughs> yeah. And like, should not have been riding a bike. Like, yeah. Should have died essentially, but never mind, like, be a functioning adult. And then also then go on to win, what was it, like seven Tour de France's? Like, it's in, yeah. that was the most shocking because I had forgotten that too. I always made the jokes too, which we'll get into here in a second. Like, I was, always, when I was a kid, I was like, fuck it. Yeah, he should dope. Like, he lost the ball. He needs, he needs something to compete with right now to make That's it fair. Good point. <laughs> like, that was That's at, fair point. As a kid, I was like, you understand he went through cancer? Like, he should absolutely get some testosterone injected back into him. He's down a ball. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. It's not a bad point. I mean, also, when it comes to, like, the whole, you know, doping and everything, other than Lance 
kind of being a jerk and me not really liking him for that. I don't think I really have that big of a problem with him doping, considering it sounds like everyone in the sport dope. So who cares? This is the insane thing. So everybody, I remember Bill Burr said something to the effect that you guys just hate him because our guy cheated better than your guys. And it's honestly somewhat true because I went and looked it up. I found a Business Insider article and they went and looked at a study done by Teddy Cutler over at Sports Intelligence. In the seven-year window, Lance was winning Tour de Francis from 99 to 2005. 87% of the top 10 finishers, 61 out of 70, were confirmed or suspected dopers. 48 of them were officially confirmed and 39 of them were suspended. Yeah, so Those are the top guys. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Not to mention what he went through to get through cancer, but who gives a fuck? Yeah. Yeah, everyone did it. Like, okay, so he was still the best. <laughs> that was also at the beginning when he tells the, the people saying the fuck you story. I was sitting there like, who cares this much about yeah. <laughs> like what? Like, I don't think I'd have the audacity, even if I saw like, I used to hate A-Rod, who I don't anymore. But like when I was a kid, mm-hmm. As a Red Sox fan, I hate him. I could never imagine seeing him being like, fuck you. And then having like no. a group of people cheer fuck you to him in public. Never. Two years ago, I was at the uh, Capital One Arena at a Caps game and I walked right past Dan Snyder. I didn't say a fucking word. <laughs> I would have loved you. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Like, who are these people at a park yeah. or whatever or dinner? <laughs> yeah, just at a dinner. I mean, like, they weren't even expecting to see Lance Armstrong. Then they said, oh, fuck him. I mean, yeah, that's weird. People yeah. are crazy. People are insane. Also, yeah, the, people are nuts. I did this. The, when he said – when they – I think the whole world learned that Lance Armstrong got his name from his stepdad. I immediately went – when they were like Eddie Gunderson's dad, I went to look him up. Like, did he do anything, like, incredible? Because, like, <laughs> he produced this insane kid at, like, one sport. Couldn't find much on him. He recently died, unfortunately. Well, I guess maybe not. I don't know. He died. He's recently fulfilled. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I think the whole internet decided to go look him up. I had no idea that yeah, Armstrong, he got his name from his stepdad. I had no clue. Yeah, who also, not a great parent from the sounds not of Not a great person <laughs> no. at all. Like, I mean, good on him for, I guess, admitting that he should have, like, loved him. <laughs> and, like, giving him hugs and told him he loved him and not just, like, beat him with a paddle for, like, not closing his dresser doors. Which, that pissed me off. I hate I was a sports management major in college. So we did like a big part of one of my sections of my kind of like studies was parents and their interactions with kids in sports. And it used to piss me off. Cause like, and you see this with like Michael Jordan and other people and they're grateful for their parents in a way. Like they push me really hard. And I think kids definitely need a push, but I think when you have these freak athletes, especially endurance athletes like Lance, they already have like that fire burning in them. They don't need you to be an over the top asshole to them for yeah, them to be successful don't. and then the ones that um aren't good enough also don't need to be an over-the-top asshole because they're just not good enough <laughs> no yeah no <laughs> not everyone's a freak talent <laughs> yeah no and don't get me wrong like there there is definitely some like pushing that maybe needs to be happening or whatever but yeah. like there's a line and that line very got majorly crossed by his dad right. from all signs of it and like I hate when people like he took credit. He's like, Lance wouldn't be the athlete he is today without me. It's like, I have a feeling he probably would have been. Cause it's like, that's, he's got an internal probably. fire. Like nobody else. <laughs> yeah. This, like don't claim the responsibility. No, it doesn't even have your DNA. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah. And even that it's not like he's playing a sport that requires a ton of skill. It's like just having right. like an insane, like tolerance for pain one um, and two, 
just like this insane burning desire to just keep going and going and going and going. Right. Like, it's like a lot of it's like in your mind. Yeah. He was born with that. I think like I would I lean so. more on, he was born than that. than you taught him that. <laughs> right. Agreed. No. Uh, also I did not, I mean, I was aware of the Tour de France. I didn't realize it was like running a marathon for three weeks, like every day. No, These dudes are insane. Who signs up for this? It is crazy. And I mean, I've always seen the videos, but I always find it really weird how like whenever there's like a leader, there's like six cars behind them. I'm like, <laughs> is anyone allowed to pass them or are the cars blocking everyone? I mean, I guess they know no bikers are near, but I'm like, yeah, they're kind of in the way. Yeah, very much so. I always too, like, I know obviously these guys, I always find it funny, like people who take up cyclists, because I feel like out of all the fitness people, they're the least fit, like your average cyclist. But it is like that doctor too was insane where he was like taking like little bits of fat on them and be like, Oh, somebody ate a little too much. It's like all these dudes are the skinniest, most in shape people in the world. How much more can they lose? It's a crazy sport, brutal sport. Those international, like big, like fully internationally popular mm-hmm. sports. I feel like they're kind of brutal. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In this, I feel like you have to be out of your mind to take up cycling. Like who, who sees that in like, the goal is to compete in the Tour de France. And I was like, yes, sign me up for that. <laughs> not me. Oh, no, definitely not me. Um, I did like how they were <laughs> – there was that one sportscaster. It was so funny to me. It's like your job it, – it was like I can't really explain to you what the Tour de France is and what it means to me. That would be like us being like we can't explain football or what it means to us. It's like your job as a sports writer and announcer is to explain these things. Yeah, I thought that was weird too. But he did it. He did hit it on the head when he was like in America, or maybe it was a different guy when they were describing the different countries. He's like in America, first of all, the the explanation of like con- different country cyclists, and then they got to America, and it's a there was a picture of a dude riding a horse with the American oh, flag yeah. behind it, and cyclists was like, God damn, is that not like the perfect encapsulation <laughs> of Americans? I know. Uh, but he, I mean, he is right. I. Like I ran cross country for a little, I should say I participated in cross country. I maybe didn't run it um, in high school for a little bit, but like it is, it's not a sport that most like endurance sports aren't maybe swimming, but like endurance sports in general, aren't a sport that people really gear towards. Really. So yeah. it does kind of make sense that everybody sort of thinks like our athletes are a little weird, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Um, I liked it. I, and like I said, I go back. Yeah, it was good. I've been thinking more and more like where I put Lance in the pantheon of like athletes and i think because i can't say he's like the the best athlete ever because he doesn't do a sport that like has a ton of skill but i keep coming back to the fact that like this guy not only won seven tour de france's but he made a sport that is not popular in america hasn't been popular since he left into something we all knew about and tuned into at some point or like we're paying attention to and that's insane like you can't say that really for many other athletes that they grew i mean you can say that about mj i guess and lebron and some other people but like most of our main athletes you can't say they grew a sport the way he did (laughs) the way he did right i agree yeah i mean it's just i'll always have that image of lance armstrong and his bright yellow shirt you know pedaling his ass off beating everyone's ass like i'll always have that image like i'll never forget that hell yeah and the fact that he came back after cancer and fucking was setting like records immediately off the right (laughs) one that should have been the biggest yellow light ever like we need to test this dude immediately every day for the rest of days if if your sport was really being serious about cracking down on cheaters the guy who lost a testicle 
beat, had to have brain surgery to remove cancer, went through intensive chemotherapy, like his lungs were destroyed, comes back and sets like a world record in the time trial right away. It's like, mm, something might be yeah. up. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> that that should have been a giant red flag for the rest of his career. It really career. should have been. Like, like, I honestly don't even blame him at this point. If I got away with that, I'd be like, fuck it, I'm cheating every day for the rest of my days. These, these idiots didn't, didn't think it then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Not really. I got one. I don't know if you saw okay. this, but I'm super excited about it. Did you see they're making a movie about Mike Tyson? No. Well, I'm, I'm going to watch that. Guess who's – well, that's kind of hard because there's a thousand Wait, that could play. no. I did. Jamie Foxx plays him, right? Yes. Dude, there's a picture uh, of him. Yeah. He's getting shredded for it. Honestly, I think he's going to oh, yeah. nail it, but I cannot I think he will. that. Have you seen those training videos of Mike Tyson? Oh right yeah, now? he's an absolute animal. Yeah, he's just he's bouncing around in his whitey tighty, just beating the shit out of everything. <laughs> <laughs> he, he, he's unbelievable. I know he's. They're trying to get him back in the ring. And initially, I was like, dude, this guy cannot get back in the ring. But then I started seeing these training videos. I was like, fuck, dude. I think yeah, he could get knock him in the out. Ring. Like, yeah, I think he can knock out most of the guys. Like, maybe not the top guys now, but I feel like he could he could compete right now in boxing. He's a he is he's phenomenal. He is an insane specimen of a human being. Yeah, he's, he's not normal. And people are like, he's on HGH. Well, he probably is on HGH, but he's also Mike fucking Tyson. He's a yeah. freak of nature. Dude, he was jump. He was robbing people at eight, like with his fists. <laughs> there are videos of him training at 15, and he's just like beating the shit out of like grown men. It's yeah, insane. He's not, he's not normal. <laughs> at Mike Tyson's prime, he might be the greatest boxer. Like, I know people go, like, Muhammad Ali and others, but, like, dude, Mike – if, if you took every boxer in their prime at their very best top output, I don't know, man. Mike Tyson might be the scariest and best oh, motherfucker ever do it. Maybe I not mean, best, up there but, is scariest. Yeah. Definitely scariest. And it's just tough to say because, same with Muhammad Ali, both of them serve years-long jail sentences. Yeah. Years, years long. I don't know, whatever. But they served a lot of years in jail, which kind of f what their careers up. Which is kind for of very different reasons. <laughs> too. Very different reasons. Yeah, yeah. I'm not comparing. <laughs> but um, they both were in jail for a long time, which kind of screwed up their careers. But yeah, Mike Tyson, scary, scary man. Terrifying. I could never imagine stepping in the ring with him, even as a like heavyweight. I seeing him come up, be like, nah, I'm cool. I'll take the next guy down. I'm, I'm out. I'm bitching out of this one. This dude's gonna kill yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. No thanks. All right. Yeah, that's all I had. I was super excited when I saw that. I was like, I can't fucking wait to watch that movie. And I think Jamie Foxx is going to kill it. That casting, perfect. Um, All right. Well, that will wrap it up for us. Hope everybody has a good fourth. And see you.